1107, day 38 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, and I am here with the pugnacious Tommy Gibbons. Hi, bitches. How are you, Tommy? Do you know that from that thing in October, when I hurt my back? Yes. My back still hurts. Really? Like, actively. Have you sought any medical attention for it? I did. I actually went to a guy. You went to an orthopedist? I did. That was him. Cool. And what did the orthopedist say? He said that he liked the idea that I was putting hot on it. Okay. And yes, that it was that's a, a good muscle, idea. It was a, what do you call, muscle? Spasm. Uh, spasm. Okay. But it still hurts. Yeah? Do yeah. You, you should do stretches. Do you stretch your body? I do stretch. Okay. You know. Because that's what I do every morning when I get Marginally. <laughs> I do about five to ten minutes of stretches in the morning. So this way I can avoid having those kind of problems. You're a fucking liar. No, I'm not. You, you can ask Steven. You do five to ten minutes of stretching. Every yes, day. I do. Honest. I want I want I want, I want a video. <laughs> I do. I want him to I want him to send me a video of you doing it alive. <laughs> alive. Alive. He's alive. No, not you. The transmission. So how have you been since we last saw you? It was two weeks ago. Yes. Well, you know, ups and downs. Yes. Downs and ups. Yes. And- it's a cycle of life. Yes, downs and downs and downs. <laughs> and downs. Downs. And you, eventually you're like, the crash is going to be soon. Yes, I know. I had a, I had a rough week, too. Yeah, it was rough. This, uh, yeah. But I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I don't want to talk. Sorry. Maybe we should just move on to our first segment then. Okay. Would that be good? Yeah, because if you're wanting chit-chat right now, yeah. You're not going to get it, uh, huh? Yeah, you're really not. Okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I need a topic. <laughs> okay, then we'll move on to our first segment. Okay. Yes, it's time for some heavy petting. Does she say for that tiny little pussy? I don't know. I wasn't listening that closely. All I hear is the I'm going to come at the end. I don't listen to the other words. Really? Yeah, I'm not into lesbian porn, so it's not my thing. Hold on. This was your decision. Yes, I know. Because it sounds great on the air, but I don't listen to what they're actually saying. Go ahead. What's next? Well, we're on heavy petting, and our first topic is, did you know that dogs are good for your health? Yes, Patrick. (laughs) Well, there's a study now that proves it. Yeah, uh, another? Yes. This is a study done in Australia. Oh, well, then it must be true. They followed 600 children Mm -hmm. over a three-year period, starting at preschool age, and they tracked the kids' physical activity using monitors that measured things like how long or fast or intensely they moved. Now, at the time, half of the children did not have a dog. 204 of the kids had a dog the entire time, while 58 of the kids got a dog during the study period. Oh, that's why. See, that's what the... Go ahead. And 31 of the kids lost a dog during the study period. So, they discovered that boys and girls engage more frequently in physical activity after getting a dog. And they said this, the, the impact was particularly pronounced 
in girls. They said adding a dog to the household increased young girls' light intensity and physical activity by 52 minutes per day. Whereas someone who lost a dog, they saw their physical activity decrease by 62 minutes per day. So yeah, so getting a dog is good for your health. Oh yeah, okay. I was waiting for the makes you happy, but you said that wasn't the hook. No, 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 no. Good for your health. Good for your health. Good for your health. Yep. There's an hour on one side or the other. No, one, yeah. Yeah, all right, good. Yeah, good. Good information, Patrick. Thank yes, you. it is. I thought so, too. Well, doctors recommend that people should engage in physical activity at least 30 minutes per day. Okay. So if you're out walking your dog, playing your dog, that's going to add up, you know? Yeah, 30 minutes a day. At least. Are you, are you sure? At least. It sounds like a lot. Well, I, for me, it takes, I mean, I walk my dog for 30 minutes a day. And that's on top of all the playing I do with her and everything else. All right. And the getting up and down to let her in and out of the house and stuff. So she Oh, that pay. counts? Of course it does. I count it. I count it. All right. But we now move on to our Dictionary of Dogs, our canine compendium. And we are up to the letter Y. Y. Why? Yugoslavian bloodhound. Oh, no, 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 no. This is an easy one. Um, why? Yorkshire Terrier. Correct! Yeah, I finally yes, got one. Yes, you finally got one! I've been through the alphabet <laughs> two fucking times. <laughs> and you finally got And I got finally one. got it on why. See, this is the story of my life. It's going to keep failing, 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 and then suddenly I'm going to, and then I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen in this case. But if it does, obviously... It's a Yorkshire the Terrier. We have experience with the Yorkshire Terrier. Yes, Both we of do. Us, all of us. Everyone. Go ahead. For those of you not in the know, Yorkshire Terriers originated in the 19th century in the English county of... Yorkshire! Yorkshire! They were initially developed as rat catchers. Ratters! They are one of the smallest dog breeds, weighing no more than seven pounds. And it has a fine, straight, silky coat that is... Hypoallergenic. I thought Arthur was a big fat fuck. Wasn't isn't he like six or eight pounds? He's he's tiny. I think he's like four pounds. Is he's he really that tiny? tiny. Yeah. Right. Arthur is our friend Ernie's Yorkshire Terrier. They know who Arthur is. Well, I'm just making sure. But anyway, it may take a Yorkshire Terrier three or more years for its coat to reach its final color. All right. And while most of them usually are a black or a grayish color, the coats can vary in color from brown and tan to silver. I've always seen them with that tan. Tan and black? Yep. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems to be. And they have a 13-year life expectancy. Really? Yep. I've seen them. I, I knew one. Can't remember what its name was. Never mind. Okay. In 1997... Tina? A York... No, what? it wasn't Tina. It wasn't Tina. Okay, I'm sorry. A New York, a New York Yorkshire Terrier... Okay, no, no. In 1997, a Yorkshire Terrier named Osmillion Mystification became the first Yorkie to win Best in Show at Crufts, which is the world's largest annual dog show. Crufts. All right, can we talk about dog shows for a second? Sure can. There's Crufts, mm-hmm. okay, which I wouldn't have mentioned if you hadn't said it. But there's like... Westminster. Westminster. Is that like the? Is there like another English one, like an all England? I, I don't know. I think there are various dog shows and societies and then there's throughout the, the world. AKC that happens here, right? The American Kennel Club. So, and they all have these uh, award programs. Well, yeah, best in show. You know, exactly, best in that's breed. What I'm saying. 
I put crafts, 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 crafts. I would just go through, add a vowel, add, you know, pick a vowel. Yeah, it's supposed to be a big one, but I was just, you know, there's a lot of them. Yes, there are. In fact, here's an, uh, there's another famous one called Sylvia, who was recorded as the smallest dog in history. She uh, was a um, Yorkshire Terrier. Hi, she, Stevie. She died when she was two years old, at which point she was two and a half inches tall to shoulder, three and a half inches from nose to tail, and weighed four ounces. So how did they keep it alive? I don't know. Did it poop? I would assume it did. How much does something like that eat? Like I can apply not much. Rabbit poops, right? Like those little nuggets, little circular things. Is that... Poop or food. But there was also a famous Yorkshire Terrier during World War II called Smokey. Smokey, that bitch. She was found uh, by an American soldier in a foxhole in New Guinea. The fuck is she doing in a foxhole? Well, they didn't know. Uh, she only uh, she was only four pounds and seven inches tall. They initially thought that she belonged to the Japanese soldiers. But when they brought her to a pr nearby prisoner of war camp, they realized that she didn't know commands in English or Japanese. She didn't speak Japanese. <laughs> Obviously not. No, so that means she's she was non-lingual. She wasn't even. Not she wasn't bilingual. She wasn't unilingual. People who have adopted a dog from a uh, what do I want to say shelter are often think the dog is just so stupid that it doesn't understand it, and they say something, and the dog responds, and they're like, "Oh my God, the dog speaks Spanish." Yeah. Oh my God, the dog speaks Italian. Like, and then you, you talk to the dog in Italian and it's giving you recipes, you know? And then you're like, oh shit, man, I, I'm the stupid one. Okay. That's why I love this, uh, in Moonstruck, the old man with oh, old God. dogs. That, talking to them in Italian. <laughs> one of my, he, he is responsible for two of my favorite movie moments of all time. That old man. <laughs> One is, at one point, he's coming back. I think he's coming back into the house after he sees her on the street with the professor. Yes. And he's got all of the dogs. And yeah. And he opens the door, and all of the dogs run up the stairs. One of the dogs falls on the stairs. Like, trips on the stairs. Okay? And rubs, like, his his neck and his into the steps. And all the dogs are running around, and he gets up, and he runs up the stairs. And that's one of my favorite things on cinema. <laughs> Ever is that dog fought. And the other is um, they're having dinner. Yes. And Olympia Dukakis slips the dog. Uh, the dog, the man. The old, old man feeds the dog. Feeds the dog. And she goes, old man, you give those dogs another piece of my food and I'm going to kick you till you're dead. And everybody is so shocked. That's her father-in-law. Her husband is sitting right we there. Love, we just watched that like about two weeks ago. I that's, that's, love that movie. I that's love one that. I can watch again and again. That would be like a, a, desert, a desert island movie. Yeah. It, yeah, I without a doubt. It's a movie you can watch over, over and, over. and over again. It's like getting together with family, you know, it's, a cinematic family in a so, way, you know? It's so great. It is so good. And Cher just looks fucking fabulous. When she gets all dialed up for the yeah, opera, yeah, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, uh, but then, you know, people like Vincent Gardinia and, and yeah. Olivia Dukakis and... Uh, even uh, uh, Frazier's father, what's his name? Uh, John, John Mahoney, who Mahoney. plays a professor. Yeah, they uh, they all they they're, they're all great in it. Everyone's everyone great in that, great. right? Who was the original fiance? Oh, I can't think God. of his name now. Oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. The brother. The yeah, the brother. Who I can't goes think to of his Sicily name. For his mother. What a ah, schnook. Yeah. What a schnook. <laughs> anyway, back on topic. Johnny we, we Camarillo. <laughs> <laughs> You got a love bite on your neck. 
I'm sorry. That may happen. You've opened up Pandora's box. Yes, I'm aware of and that. And that now. may happen from now. All right. Okay. Yeah. But back to Smokey, the Yorkie. Um, the dog was in, taken by a um, soldier named William Wynn. Is this the Japanese dog? Well, the dog that was found on this in this foxhole in New Guinea. New Guinea? That's <coughs> not Japanese. No, but it was found during the war in the Pacific. During ah, the so war here's this stray dog in New Guinea. So then for the next two years, Smokey backpacked through the rest of the war with Wynn and accompanied him on combat flights. I'm not surprised. The dog, uh, because the dog was taught tricks later and was used for entertainment, but she became a hero, or she became a hero in her own right when she helped engineers building an air base on an island in the Philippines. And how did she help, Patrick? What it was, they needed to run a telegraph wire through a 70-foot-long pipe that was 8 inches wide. So you give the dog... <coughs> you attach it to the dog's collar. And you go on the other side of the pipe and you, uh, you put a treat up and the it. thing is, this pipe was half filled with sand. So the dog only had like four inches of space. It don't matter. You got ham over there. This dog got through. Yep. And they said what would have taken three days mm -hmm. if they had done it digging through and everything. Took a matter of minutes. Yeah. So then after the war, Smokey appeared on TV shows and at vets hospitals and is acknowledged as the first therapy dog. That's fantastic. <coughs> Your Terrier, huh? Yes. And then on February 21st, 1957, Corporal Smokey died at the age of 14. 14, right there in the Midland right now. So uh, I, I know them live a lot longer. Yeah? 18, 20. Yorkies? Yorkies. Really? Yeah. It seems to me that my sister dated a guy who had a Yorkie. It wasn't really his Yorkie, but it was kind of his Yorkie. I think it was a Yorkie. It might have been a Chihuahua. Okay. Maybe a Chihuahua is very different. But it seemed to be impervious to death. It was like blind and it was all of the... And it was mad. What's her name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm going to... Between this and uh, Moonstruck... I have enough to think about. Yeah, I'm sure you do. So in the meantime, we're going to move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy okay. returns. Thank you. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time okay. for today's birthday. Happy birthday. And I actually had a lot of birthdays on, but I cut it down quite a bit to only two people, both dead. Why do you bring up that you cut them? Because those are the only ones I want to hear now, are the ones that you deemed cuttable. Well, because... The two that I cut were comedian Chris Rock. Okay. He's dead? No. Just, these are birthdays. Oh, these are birthdays. These are birthdays. Uh, so I cut him. And I also cut Susie Eddie Izzard. Okay. Because it's it's their birthday or her birthday as well. Okay. But I had more two more prominent birthdays Go I ahead. thought to, to acknowledge. The first one, he, he was born February 7th, 1812. He is considered the greatest novelist of the Victorian age. Among his works are... The Pickwick Papers, Oliver Twist. Oh, Oliver Twist by... Go ahead, keep going. Nicholas Nickleby. Nicholas Nickleby by... This is also... What's his... What am I going to say? The, a Christmas uh, Carol. Story, a Christmas Carol. Jonathan, um... Fuck me. <laughs> the Old Curiosity okay, Shop. You could stop. David I, Copperfield. Charles Darwin. No, um... Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens is correct. Very good. I actually like Darwin's work better. <laughs> But go ahead. And he also wrote, I mentioned The Tale of Two Cities. He did. Great Expectations. 
And his last unfinished work, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Yeah, he was good with the pen. Have you ever read any of Dickens' works? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. I've spent a whole lot of time in the guts of... Actually, this is going to become a sore spot between you and me. Uh-oh. I spent so much time in A Christmas Carol... Right. ...that I had come up with a... Uh, like a... Like a... Like a... Like Wicked is a... The Witches Before... Like right. A prequel? prequel? Yeah. Yes. Prequel? I had come up with an idea for a prequel. Okay. And so did you. Well, I wrote a like a gay version of A Christmas Carol. Right, right, right. In a contemporary setting. Yeah, no, mine was a gay version of A Christmas Carol set where it was. Okay. Like, as a way to describe why uh, Scrooge is the way he is, mm-hmm. why his attitude is the way he is, and why Marley comes back. Okay. Because he didn't have to do that. So, that's what my... But anyway, uh, yeah, Charles Dickens. Actually, I read... I, have you ever read A Christmas Carol? Yeah. It's darker than I imagined it to be. It's Dickens. Yeah. Dude. He wrote Oliver Twist. I know, right? Can I have some more... I mean, come on. We had to read Great Expectations back in junior high school. I think I had to read it, too. That doesn't mean I read it. And I loved that stage production they did of Nicholas Nickleby with Roger Rees many, many years ago. You would, because it's three hours. and It it was amazing. Oh, my God, it was so damn good. Headache-inducing, yeah, (laughs) dryness. Oh, no, not at all. It was very entertaining. It really was. I'm sure it was, because Nicholas Nickleby was a part of it. Boy could kick up. Yes, well, he died of a stroke. Nicholas? Yes, he did at the, uh, in 1870. Hmm. He was like 58 years old. Nicholas Nickleby was 58 years old. No, Charles Dickens was. 58 years old when he died. Yes, but he wrote quite a lot of work in that time, I'll tell you. Yeah, oh yeah, and they were, they were big books. Yes, they were. It wasn't like he was uh, economical with the uh, with the language. Well, he wrote short stories, but his novels okay. were the quite short, long. Short stories doesn't mean that it's short writing. <laughs> he wrote hard, difficult things, but he was successful. <coughs> yes, he was. Our next birthday celebrant. How many different versions of Scrooge do you think there are? Oh my! Uh, there's got to be over a hundred at least. There right? has to be. There has to be. I mean, if, if, even if you count like Susan Lucci's version, like that. Kind Count. Yeah, but I know. I came to it like most people my age probably did with Mr. Magoo. To me, he's the yeah. Mr. Magoo was one of the first Christmas Carol versions I ever saw. Yeah, right. It was yeah. But there's gotta be God. There's gotta be a hundred versions of that. At, story. at least, at the least, it's a universal story. You know, Bill Murray did one. Yeah, that was. I love that movie, Scrooge. Did they ever do a black one? There probably there has to be one. I'm sure there is somewhere. You would think, right? Yeah, I'm sure there is. TV, movie, maybe. I don't know. Listeners, get on that. Go to the whole, go to the Hallmark channel. I'm sure there's got to be whatever one there you do. Don't, don't tell people to go to the Hallmark channel. <laughs> Why not? Because they get sucked into that vortex. Oh, I know. They're not. Our friend Sheila back. loves watching those movies. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just how many white guys in sweaters? <clears throat> how many what? White guys in sweaters. Our next birthday celebrant, I figure we honor since February, is Black History Month. All right, so we're mentioning this person because they're black. Partly, yes, but also because he's quite significant in our culture. All right, who is it? He was born in Baltimore. His name was James Hubert Blake. He was the son of former slaves. Hubie Blake. Yubi Blake is correct. He started playing the organ at age four. By age 15, he was playing piano at a bordello. Can you imagine? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Do you know how many, like, 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 
theater people get their starts. Well, look at Bob. Uh, was it Bob Fosse? Bob Fosse. Yep. Yeah, in a strip club. Yeah. But that's where you the endless comics. Bette Midler. Oh my the, god, the comics definitely. Bette yeah. Midler in the baths. Yep. Yeah. Whole bunch of gay men with dripping lube <laughs> watching me sing. Yeah, that's the but that's Bette Midler's only career. <clears throat> well, Blake he played the uh, the vaudeville circuit uh, through the nineteen tens and then nineteen twenty one. What did I do? Playing the piano. What? Play piano. Uh, yeah. In the vaudeville circuit. Yep. Alone. I believe. I, I think alone and with others. By 1921, he uh, wrote the music for the one of the first Broadway musicals written and directed by African Americans. Yes, it's Shuffle Along. Shuffle Along is correct. Very good. He also appeared in several films, and he was also a band leader with the USO during World War II. I'm thinking Shuffle Along <clears throat> may have been the last time I saw Audra on stage. Well, that was the George Wolfe version yes. of Shuffle Along, right? Because yes. yes. that, that gives all the history right, right, right. of the play. Because it had, then the it had another 15 words to the title. Yeah. Because it's George Wolf. Yeah, because the, the, the full title is, uh, I have it here somewhere, he goes, Shuffle Along or The Making of the Musical Sensation of 1921 and All That Followed. Yeah. Anyway, she was fantastic. <laughs> and she was pregnant. <coughs> she danced. <coughs> oh, Audra? Yeah. She danced like a bitch. Because I know, I see her do uh, cartwheels. On stage, Audrey McDonald. I'm sure. Anyway, uh, she wore a blue dress. Anyway, that's why it, I remember there was a thing at this time because it wasn't it wasn't going to, to England or it was scheduled to go to England and she backed out when she well whatever it was her leaving. Okay, what a cast was that? That that cast was intense. Oh my God! Yeah, you had so many great people. Stokes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he. So so. So she pulls out in there and the production closes. And they say that she pulled out because the production... The production closed because she pulled out. I think it was kind of struggling for audiences. It was struggling for audiences. Yeah. It was not... Uh, and it it's should, not her fault. It should have been. No, of course not. She's the actress. She's the reason I went. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah uh, you didn't go for Brian Stokes Mitchell. You went for Audra. I went for Audra. And just to be perfectly honest. Brian Stokes Mitchell's a nice bonus. He's awesome. <laughs> He's great. Time. I saw him in Ragtime. Same the two of them in Ragtime. The two of them together in Ragtime. Same thing with when I saw her in The Gershwins, Porgy and Bess. And I say yep. it like that because there was a controversy about it at the time. That was the title of it. Okay. The show was called The Yes, Gershwin I remember all that. Yeah, I all, we talked about that once before. Did we? Yeah. Sondheim had something snippy to say oh, about it. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, I, and and I, I'll never forget this. I was standing online, and you see that dreaded call board on the front of the... In the lobby, as you walk into the theater, it says, who's on stage tonight? Right. And Audra was not on stage tonight. Ooh. So I, like... Did a thing, you know. I, I mean, standing in a Broadway theater, I, I did, you know, I did a thing. Of course, you did. The the, uh, the the gay guy in the ticket booth, yeah, saw me, and he was like, "Come here." <coughs> so I said, "When can you come back?" I said, "For real?" He said, "Yeah, her name is above the title. So if she's not on tonight, you're entitled to." And I had never heard of that before, but it never mattered to me. I before. never heard that before either. It never mattered to me before. Wow. Because I have seen some great fucking performances of from other studies. Me too. But I'm not sitting through three hours of Porgy and Bess. I don't need to see Porgy and Bess again. Uh, uh, I need to see her singing. You need to see Audrey do it. Yeah. I need to see her. And Norm, Mac Norm, Norm McDonald, Norm, not, not Norm McDonald, Norm. Norm Daniels, Norm McDaniels. I don't know who you're talking about. The guy who was who played Porgy. Okay, I don't know, remember his Norm, name. Norm, Norm, 
Norm Lewis. Okay. Norm Lewis. Norm Lewis. Uh, was fantastic. He's fantastic. He's fantastic whatever he does. Yeah. He, he farts and it's fantastic. But uh, I, 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 I was only going to see you on your side. <laughs> anyway, back to UB Blake. UB. He uh, received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Reagan in 1981. Ain't that some shit. And he was inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame in 1995. Now, what did he write? Well, he wrote a number of scores. I don't recall the names of the other scores he wrote, but he wrote two other scores for shows on Broadway. Yeah, because back then, before they had the full-fledged musicals like we know today, they were almost like variety shows. They may have a player story... Musical numbers, whatever. Exactly, like vaudeville. Yeah, are exactly. There any, are there any songs that we would know that he's responsible for? As a matter of fact, yes. Is that him? Yep. He looks like a professor. God, he's old there. This is 1972. I'm just wild about Harry. Okay. <laughs> so it's very um, ragtime. Yeah, that was at least. Yeah. I have another number by him from a song I think that's from that's from uh, Shuffle Along. He just line that up. He really looks like a cobbler. This is in 1978. Cupid's not that way. All right, good for you. Yeah. Or did he die? No, today's his birthday. He's already dead. He died back in... Uh, no, 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 I mean... Okay, no, okay. He okay. died back in 1983. Mm. Yeah, we're still on the we're still on the birthdays. He died at the age of 96. Got a musical named after him. Right? Anyway, we are now going to move on to our... Oh, we, yes, we're going to move on to our next segment. Yeah, it's time for Bring Out Your Dead, and we've got three of them this week. Actually, I'm sorry, four of them this week. Who died? A lot died this week. First, on February 1st, 2024, this actor, director, and athlete died at the age of 76. He was born in New Orleans. He was a linebacker with the Oakland Raiders from 1970 to 71. He retired from football in 1974 to pursue acting. He is best known for playing the role of Apollo Creed in the first four Rocky films. Yeah, I heard about this. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Yep. Among other films he's he's known for are 1987's Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was he the shark? No. He was one of the band of mercenaries working with Schwarzenegger. He was also in the 1996 Adam Sandler film, Happy Gilmore. Okay. And he was the voice of Combat Carl in the Toy Story film franchise. All right. On TV, he played a fictional version of himself on Arrested Development, and he had a recurring role on the current TV series, The Mandalorian, 
for which he was nominated for an Emmy Award. But he died in his sleep, no cause of death revealed. He was survived by his two sons. Do you know that of all the things you just said, I only ever saw the first Rocky? Only saw the first one? Yeah. I think I got as far as the third one. No, I mean all of it. I never oh, saw Oh, really? Toy, I didn't see Toy Story. <laughs> okay. I never saw, I didn't see any of it. Really? You never saw Predator? No. Oh, wow. Good no. movie. No. That's a good movie. Those sci-fi action things aren't for me. No. Pity. No. You know, put him in a boa. <laughs> Have him make an entrance at the top of the stairs. Hey, I don't think you'd ever see Carl Weathers doing that. That I'm going to watch. <laughs> and I gather a whole bunch of people. Would watch Carl Weathers with a bow on the top of the stairs. Of course, boys lined up. Our next decedent died on February 2nd at the age of 94. He is best known for his breakout performance in the 1956 film Butt Stop, starring opposite Marilyn Monroe, which earned him a nomination for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. I don't know the answer to this. His other films were 1957's A Half Full of Rain, 1959 Shake Hands with the Devil, 1961 The Hoodlum Priest, 1962 Advise and Consent, in which he played a closeted senator, senator. and uh, 1972's Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, really bad movie, and 1986's Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay, hold on. Can we go back? Yeah. The thing about the the priest? The hoodlum priest. Was 1961. That, was that porn? No, it was not porn. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't know any of that either. He was also on Knott's Landing What's from 1979 to 81. And he appeared on Twin Peaks to Return in 2017. Another career that happened entirely without my knowledge. His name, Don Murray. Oh, yeah, him. Oh, he was a handsome man. Was he? Mm-mm. Oh, my, yes, he was. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing a lot about John Eric Hexum recently. Really? Yeah. Any he... particular reason why? I don't know. He's just been passing up on my, uh, <clears throat> whatever it says about my particular algorithm. But I've seen him a couple of times the past week. So is he as handsome as John Eric Hexum? I'll show you a picture of him and you can decide for yourself. Because John Eric Hexum is very handsome. He's dead now, John Eric. Yes, he is. Died an accidental shooting death. Yeah. He did it himself. You know, nobody ever... That's Don Murray. That's Don Murray. Yep. Okay. Uh, Very handsome. Yep. Looks a little bit like that singer who sang that song. Here he is with Marilyn Monroe. I can't in, see uh, that picture. That's uh, There you go. Marilyn Monroe in Bus Stop. Okay. I, I like that jacket very much. Right. Yeah, so that's Don Murray. Yeah, very handsome. Yeah. All right. And then our next decedent died on February 4th. He was born in 1932. He was initially known as a singer with the New York City Opera. But then he opened a bathhouse at the Insonia Insonia Hotel in Manhattan in 1968 called the Continental Baths. The Continental. He opened it after he observed the crowds at the Everard Bathhouse. And he wanted something that was less sleazy and dirty. And so he opened up this bathhouse at the basement of the Insonia Hotel. And what happened? Well, it's best remembered as being a music venue. Mm -hmm. He built a DJ booth there. Among the DJs who performed, there were Frankie Knuckles and Larry LeVan. Yeah, famous. But he also began showcasing live acts, the most famous of which was Bette Midler. That's right. That's what I was saying before. I know. And who did she perform there with? Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. Who um, probably was one of the ones dripping, never mind. But among other people who performed, there were Melissa Manchester. Right. 
Ellen Green. That's correct. LaBelle. LaBelle. The Manhattan Transfer. I love them. Me too. Melba Moore. Melba. Waylon Flowers. Well, come on. <laughs> Nell Carter. Nell Carter belongs there. And Peter Allen. Okay. Again. <laughs> go, go, go get Mr. Allen out of the public room. He's on. He's on stage. The band is waiting. Well, anyway, the owner, Ostro, he had opened the bathhouse up to the public for these performances. Right. So before we know it, the gay clientele stopped going because they felt like they were being gawked at and made it like a tourist spot, you know? Well, of course. Of course, had they gotten dressed when they went to the concerts, they may not have been gawked at, but go ahead. Yeah, so he ended up canceling the live performances in 1974. That's too bad. And then he closed the bathhouse in 1976. Okay. But it reopened in 1977 as the straight swingers venue Plato's Retreat. Okay, ew. Which later moved to 34th Street and that closed in 1985 during the AIDS epidemic. Alright, so what's in the basement of the Ansonia Hotel now? Actually, I think it's it's now a uh, a condominium uh, building or a co-op building now. So the basement was converted into what? A gym? I, I don't know. There's, I haven't seen any mention Washers of Washers and dryers? I have here one of Bette Midler's first performances here at uh, the Continental, the Continental Bass. I don't know this song. I know this song. <laughs> you know she was in the original production of Fiddler on the Roof? That Midler? Yes, I did know that. Yes, she, she was Sphincter. She was who? Sphincter. Sphincter. The fourth daughter? There were two other daughters. Three daughters. No, there was Sphincter, and there were the three the three older girls. The, the three daughters. Okay, then there were two younger ones. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Sphincter was one of the younger ones. The sphincter was And the then name. there was another one, I don't know, Sphincter and Alice, huh? whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> but in the end, in one of the scenes, Yenta has two uh, two young boys with... So Golda says, who for who? Which one for which one? Whatever. Yenta says, whatever, whoever, whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Quite all right. But we now move on to our last decedent of the evening. He died on February 5th, born 1961. Country music singer and songwriter, Toby Keith. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Since he died. Yes. I have seen nothing online about him that wasn't mocking and sort of like Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. Well, he was known as a conservative. That came through in some of his music and stuff and his political positions. He also famously got into a fight with uh, the Dixie Chicks. Okay. Because they criticized his one song, um, Here's to the Red, White, and Blue, and they had a little snick going on for a while or whatever. Dixie Chicks. Well, they also criticized Bush. Bush and everything. That's what really got him in trouble with the public. Yeah, they were... Well, that's what really got him in trouble with their base. Well, yeah, exactly. But, this, but during that time, they were also feuding with Toby Keith. Okay. Yeah. Because I think the New York gays love them. I mean, the name is fantastic. Oh, the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, come on. <laughs> 
gays all over the land are saying, what the fuck, why did I think of that? Well, anyway, Toby Keith in his career released 19 studio albums. And this is not the guy who was married to, to Nicole Kidman. No, that's uh, Keith Urban. Uh, he had total worldwide album sales of over 40 million. He charted 61 singles on the Billboard Hot Country Songs charts, including 20 number one hits and 22 top 10 hits. Okay. And in 19... But that's more than I've ever done. In 2021, he was awarded the National Medal of Arts by President Donald Trump. Okay. And he uh, he was diagnosed with stomach cancer in 2022. He was being treated for that. Uh-huh. But he died in his sleep, survived by his wife and three children. Okay. And How old was he? He's a year older than me, so he was 63, I think, or going to be 63. Uh, okay. How old are his kids? Like, 63, they could be anywhere from, like, they could be their 20s. Well, I know he was married twice. So. That's what I'm, that's what I was getting at. Is this him? This is him. I bet you never heard old Marshall Dillon say, Miss Kitty, have you ever thought of running away? Settling down, would you marry me? If I ask you twice and make you pretty See, there's a kind of singing that I hate. And this is it? This is an example of it. Okay. It's a little... Is that him? That's him. In the mullet? Yep. In With the, the 70s. Is, this is like 1993, I believe. That's no excuse. There's a, the, a type of singing that I hate. And I'm wondering... It, first of all, the twang here is intolerable. <laughs> Too much twang. Okay. Okay. Also, there's a way that people sing, and I don't know how to describe it except to say their voice changes. Right, yes. When they become singers. Yes. Okay, they put on this... It this, doesn't sound natural. It does not at all sound natural, and that... We know an actor on Long Island like that. We know. <laughs> we, we've discussed before. Have we? Yes, we have. All right, well, you but we're not going to mention names. No, no, no. <laughs> You'll have to tell me who, because there's a lot of them. A lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of women. Oh, this is a male. Okay. No, no. I, I, I want to know who you're talking yeah. about. But uh, and people do it. They change their voice to be singers, and, and it, it sounds false. Yeah, it does. And him with this, <coughs> that that guy right there looks like flock of seagulls. <laughs> Except they would never have their have a mustache like that. What is that mustache? Yeah, so it's a mustache with a beard thing around It looks like here. a merkin. It's like the, e- the evil Spock look, you know? He might be hot, but who could tell? <laughs> Underneath all that aqua. Well, this was 30 years ago. <laughs> all right, what are we doing now? Well, anyway, to all our decedents, we say... Rest in peace. Thank you for the entertainment and fun. When I see R.I.P. R.I.P. Rip. What about it? Rest in peace. Yes. It never seems nice to no. me. It never seems friendly. R.I.P. Rip. <laughs> when you flick your wrist like that, it changes things. But it just seems like it, it never seems like it's a you know, R.I.P. Rip Johnny Carson. That's it's creepy to me. I I I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, we move on to our next segment then. Okay, what you do? Thanks a lot. Yes, it's time for today in history. Patsy, 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 Patsy. 
And today in history, did you ever try to do that? What's that? The the the, the horse sound with the coconuts? No, I don't have any coconuts handy. Okay. <laughs> if only somewhere in the world we could get one. Yeah, like a supermarket. How about the next time you come here, you bring a coconut with you? No, because what makes you think I know what's going to happen when I come here? <laughs> It's been exactly the same 107 times. Well, you brought it up. And I'm always, but what I'm saying is it's not easy to do that. No, it's not. The clomping sound. It's like castanets for your whole hand. It's like, never mind. You know what? I was trying to bring some artistic fucking <laughs> and curiosity in. And I'm so glad you did. You are. I'm sure you piqued the interest of our listeners. I didn't. <laughs> well, today in the history, have you ever heard the phrase, the bonfire of the vanities? I have. It was a movie. It was a book. Yes, it was, it was by, by Tom Wolfe, and Tom that movie Wolf? with uh, Tom Hanks. You want to talk about a wordy little queen. Who, Tom Wolfe? Oh. Well, actually, I'm a big fan of his uh, nonfiction work, like the Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. Okay. I was not a big fan of the book Bonfire of the Vanities. All uh, right, what about the white suit? That doesn't bother me. You know, that's just him. That's his thing. Uh, okay, go ahead. That's the least of it. It's a lot of words. But do you know where the phrase Bonfire of the Vanities comes from? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it has ancient roots. No. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> it has to do with something from the Roman time. No. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> it has to do with World War II. Definitely no. Okay, go ahead. Back on February 7th of 1497, supporters of uh, Friar Girolamo Savonarola in Florence, Italy, held a bonfire in which they burned cosmetics, art, books, fine dresses, playing cards, and musical instruments. They burned all objects that might tempt one to sin. Let me ask you a question. When I said something in antiquity, or something in old, whatever it was. You said ancient. Ancient. This ancient. is not ancient. Ancient is B.C. And when was this? This is A.D. What year? 1497. 1497 is yes. not ancient enough for you. No. Ancient is... Tell me again. Then I want to remember this. I want to mark this. Circle this spot. Yes. The next time I call you old. <laughs> and you get offended. That 18... What is it? Set four to th 1497. 1497 is not ancient to no, you. No, it's not. 1497. Oh, uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. <laughs> yes, thank you. 1497, this is what... This is 1497. Okay. Not ancient, but... Not ancient. But 1497. 1497. Right. You see, this guy, Savonarola, he can campaigned against what he considered to be the artistic and social ex excesses of Renaissance Italy. Yeah, see, that's the best art ever. Came out of the Renaissance, Italy, for fuck's sake. Of course. And he's burning it. Well, for that and other reasons, he was uh, brought to the attention of the Pope, Alexander VI. Okay. And he was excommunicated later that year. And then he was charged with heresy and sedition. And he was executed in 1498. Did any of that have anything to do with the bonfire? No, but that's where the phrase bonfire of the vanities comes from. Okay. An actual bonfire. A bonfire whereupon makeup and... Makeup, cosmetics, all mirrors. High heels... The things that make you vain, the symbols of vanity. Exactly. Were a part of the bonfire. Yep. Why was he tried, convicted, excommunicated, and, and killed? There were a number of other reasons. He had um, just church rivalries, people he was supporting, all the political mechanisms. Was he a member of the church? Yes, he was a, he was a friar. A fr but that's pretty low down. Well, he had a pretty 
large position. Like he he was considered like the de facto ruler of Florence, Italy, especially after the Medici family fell under the year before. They're so hot, the Medicis. <laughs> they are so hot. I always wanted to meet one. Yeah, mother's crazy, but I like the I like the family. Get but it. but that's not all that happened today. It's not all that happened, is it? Today, on February 7th, 1926, black historian and author Carter G. Woodson designated the, the, the second week of February as Negro History Week. Okay. He's been, he's been, this man was, has been called the father of black history. Did he know we don't like that word? What's that? Negro. Well, back then, Negro was acceptable. And it's not now. That's no, not now. But he designated it for the second week in, in February so that it coincided with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. I remember you and I had a conversation about this in a previous Black History Month. Probably last year, then. Are you sure it wasn't like when we were like young? Because this has been going on forever. <laughs> it was probably last February. Okay. Okay. We need an archivist. But anyway, Woodson wrote that the purpose of Negro History Week uh, as it is not so much a Negro History Week as it is a History Week. We should emphasize not Negro history, but the Negro in history. What we need is not a history of selected races or nations, but a history of the world void of national bias, race hatred, and religious prejudice. Now, who was this dreamer in the sky? He was a... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Carter G. Woodson. Why have I never heard of him? I do not know. Just another black figure in history that you don't learn about. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, is that the history will just come to you with no qualifications. Well, it just shows how our history, what's taught and what's not taught, is sort of subjective, I guess. Yeah, it's completely subjective, you because know? it's from different... Like, I bet there are people who've heard of this guy. I never heard of him. I never heard of him before, either. But that's an important argument that he's making. Yep. Well, anyway, in 1970, a black group at Kent State University decided to designate it then as Negro History Month. Okay. And then in 1976, uh, the United States government officially designated February as Black History Month. Okay. So that's all due to Carter G. Woodson. And do we still call it Black Hi. Yes, it's still called Black History Month. And nobody's offended by that? Nope. No one's if no okay. one I know of. Hello, Stephen. Hello. By black history, you mean like the African-American? Yes. Specifically? Yes. Go ahead. And lastly today, on in 1959, there was the first play reading at a, a location in Greenwich Village called the Cafe Chino or Cafe Sino. It is known mm -hmm. as the birthplace of Off-Off-Broadway. But among the playwrights who first started working here were Sam Shepard, Lanford Wilson, uh, John Guare, who wrote Six Degrees of Separation, and many other playwrights. John Guare. Yes. I I've seen something else that he wrote. Okay. Don't remember what it was. <laughs> I saw it with... I don't remember who. Okay. Never mind. Oh, no. It was Sherry Renee Scott. Sherry Renee Scott? Sherry Renee yes. Wilson? Sherry, yes. No, you had it right the first time. Sherry Renee Scott was in this John Guare thing that was off Broadway. Has John Guare written anything that reached the popularity of... Of six degrees of six separation. Degrees? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Me either. 
But anyway, this bar, it basically started as a bar, and then he basically built a makeshift stage and staged all these shows there. Among the actors who appeared there were Al Pacino, Bernadette Peters, and once again, Bette Midler. Yeah. But unfortunately, the, the, audi the audience that started attending the cafe were part of the Andy Warhol factory crowd. What was it called? Cafe... Cafe Sino or Chino. Oh, I said that. Oh. And it was a lot of drugs use then. Well. Plus the owner, who basically ran everything at the theater all day and all night, was uh, an amphetamine addict. Okay. And sadly, he committed suicide in 1967. What was his name? Joe Sino or Chino. Okay. And then other people tried to keep the place open, but it ended up closing in 1968. And the people who were associated with it ended up opening up the Circle Rep Theater. And it was located at 31 Cornelia Street in Manhattan. Which I was now, only one. You were only one? In 1968. Uh, I was six. I was one. So you have a better memory. Yeah. <laughs> you were six? Wow. Yes, I was. You are already like at school. Anyway, we now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you please tell me? What day is it? Yes, it's time for what day is it? It is National Backpack Day. No. It is <laughs> it is take your dog to work day. No. It is uh, celestial seasonings tea day. <laughs> no. Right. Today is National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. See, it never fails to make my point. It never fails to make my point. It's fed. Okay. okay. For those of you who don't know, fettuccine Alfredo, it's a pasta dish made with a flat noodle, I guess you could describe it as. Fettuccine. Made with cold fettuccine, and it's made with butter and Parmesan. And as the cheese melts, it emulsifies liquids to form a rich cheese sauce that coats the pasta. Yeah, not without cream. Not, well, now it's served with heavy cream. Do you know that if you go to Italy? Yes. And ask for this dish. Oh, that'll spit in your face. Anywhere in Italy. Yeah. It don't matter where. If you ask for this dish, you're not allowed back to Italy. Yeah. Yeah, they look down on it, on it there. I'm no, they don't look down on it. I They're insulted. I, 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 I don't know why, because it was invented in Italy. It was invented by a man named Alfredo Delelio in Can Rome. I, let me stop you for a second. Okay. You know who these people are. The Italians. Yes. Okay. The people who live in Italy, yes. No, think, think, think Corleone. <laughs> think Gotti. Okay. Think other things. Okay. Okay. Before you go bad-mouthing Italian cuisine. I wasn't bad-mouthing it. I'm If you're going to go against the current uh, uh, Italian emotional connection and not worry about a bullet being planted in the back of your head, I, I would be wary. But maybe, you know. Well, anyway, Alfredo Delilio invented the uh, the dish in 1908 in an effort to entice his wife to eat after giving birth to their first child. He added extra butter, or what they call triplo burro, to the fettuccine when mixing it together for her. Oh, you are so dead. One clean little bullet. I'm just telling the story of fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah, Never you, telling yeah, the story you're of the, it. You're putting the responsibility of fettuccine Alfredo on Italy. <laughs> well, that's where it was invented. And they're not going to like that. 
Well, the fettuccine that's made today, it's just, it's different from, I think, what this original recipe was. You okay. Know? Because now the sauce is like this heavy cream sauce now. It's basically ranch. Yeah, for a matter of speaking, yeah. All right, all right. I think we should gently back away from this, and you should <laughs> consider this an editing. I'll take I'll take the chance and leave it in. Okay, this is like saying that you know you hate curry with with the fact that we have a nothing but. Indian. I didn't say I hate a fettuccine Alfredo. Fair, fair I like fettuccine Alfredo. It's not Italian, but it was made by an Italian. It was. It was it. made in Rome. Oh, for fuck's sake. Go to Rome. <laughs> go to Sicily. Go to Palermo. Picture it. Palermo. 2025. Thank you, Sophia. I walk into a restaurant. <laughs> I order fettuccino before I get to say the word Alfredo. I've been shot in the back of the head. <laughs> it is an offense. <laughs> We're now going to move on to our next segment. Normally, we would do Turn Your Head and Cough. <coughs> But we have no health news to report this week. So we now move on to our next segment where we take a look into my briefs. And this week, we take a look at a first-time conviction. Oh, God. Wherein a Michigan jury convicted a school shooter's mother of involuntary manslaughter in the killing of four students in 2021, making her the first parent in the U.S. to be held responsible for a child carrying out a mass school attack. And what are your thoughts about this? <laughs> well, looking at the circumstances of this case, there were signs that this kid shouldn't have had a gun. He was 15! He was fi- wait, but you got to remember, this is in Michigan. Uh, other states have a different culture and viewpoint and perspective on firearms. Hold on. Kids are given firearms at a young age. Fifteen? Younger! They're giving to them a younger to go hunting! I don't like it. Well, this is the way it is in some states. So he was given a gun, and then he killed four people. Well, yeah. Basically, yeah. What had happened was his his father bought him the gun. Um, His mother took him to a shooting range. She was the last adult to handle the gun. She deserved this. Because... If half of what the prosecution brought up about her was true, let's take the fact of her and the horses out of it. Well, one of the things that she said in her defense was that she saw no signs of mental distress in her son. What about the text messages, please help me? Well, that's exactly it. That Was that also he had a journal which he wrote that his parents wouldn't listen to his pleas for help. He wrote, I have zero help for my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot up the school. Uh, he'd said that to his friends? He wrote this in his journal. No, but he texted it to people. Oh, okay. Like, people knew. Like, like it was um, it was, it was common knowledge that this kid was literally asking for help. Please help me. And he was denied. And it doesn't matter. It, it was, I don't think he was denied help because she would rather spend time with the horses. Although you could sort of prove that, too. I don't think she was denied. You know, she... They, would, they just didn't know how to deal with this kid. Well, even on the day of that shooting, that morning, oh. the staff members were concerned because the kid had drawn, made, made this drawing of a gun and a bullet and a wounded man accompanied by certain phrases. So the parents were called to a school, but they didn't take the kid home. And then a few hours later, the kid pulled a handgun from his backpack and shot 10 students and a teacher. And did the drawing. Yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, the drawing was what he did yeah. when they didn't take him out of the building. Yep, exactly. They didn't check his backpack. Mistakes were made all around on this. Every, si- every single adult 
failed this kid. Yeah. And unfortunately, what the problem is, is by failing this particular kid, it costs four lives. And that's four families, and that's an an, an innumerable number of people. Yeah, it's just it's it's. I am I love this. Oh, you're glad that this verdict came. I in. I am a full supporter of. This I think verdict. it has to, it ha, it, some kind of message has to be sent it, out to it, parents. What she said, my husband was responsible for for securing the gun. Yeah, and supposedly I guess this gun wasn't kept very secure. I'm sorry, what? The gun was given to the kid less than four days. Four, like, hours. Like four days before the shooting. Yeah, they, the they gave him the gun and the gun, and he turned it around and pointed it at the school. That's what happened. Yeah, it's just it's. Uh, I I think the, and I think the father's going to go down too. Yeah, he's on trial next. And I think they deserve to go down, and I think they should be ashamed. And I think that people should uh, see this. Yeah, they should see this. This is for real. He was fifty. And they tried him as an adult. He will never be an adult. He'll never. He'll never be out of prison again. No, he's fifteen. Yep. They you know, do, you know many, do you know how many teen shooters we have like that? Oh, my, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's way too many. Yeah. And there are way too many parents who who now should be quaking in their boots because of this verdict. Because of this verdict. Yeah. Because this is going to open a floodgates. Well, that's the shit. thing. If you, if you're not going to do common sense firearms legislation. To help to try to avoid shit like this, then you're going to have more verdicts like this. This is my question, though. The kid is 15. In what kind of jurisdiction is he allowed to have a gun? Now, hold on. I heard what you said about them, you know, uh, uh, hunting. 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds yeah. with hunting rifles yep. out hunting. He was given an automatic pistol. Yeah. He, 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 he was, the, the intent of this gun was never for him and his adults. To bond over hunting. No, I was Over the quiet times it takes to hunt in between gunshots. Yeah. So, anyway, that's a story on that case. I forgot what we were talking about, so just move on. (laughs) Okay, then. We will now move on to our next segment. Oh. Yes, it's time for the Week in Fascism. Yeah. Well, this week, there's a biggie. The fascist party, formerly known as the Republican Party, can't seem to do anything right this week. I mean, they tried to impeach. It's like a the shooting the Secretary party. of Homeland Security. Yeah, that did. vote failed. Yeah, and they, you know what she did? She blamed the Democrats for being sneaky. Oh, you mean Marjorie Taylor Greene? Yeah, yeah, and 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 all ha- because of the one congressman right. who was out sick. And basically got there in a wheelchair to make sure he voted on this. And and, and that's the Democrats uh, having a strategy and being shady and whatever. And this is, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just amazing. It's <coughs> horrifying. If it's true, okay, that this guy got up out of his hospital bed like Lazarus and came to vote and voted. Uh, and if it's true that the, the Democrats had this up their sleeve, Okay, it's uh, it was uh, it was a strategy, yeah, whatever it was, bitch. The problem was politics. Well, the problem was because there were Republicans who voted against this impeachment. They got the four Republicans they needed because, in their eyes and in most people's eyes, this is bullshit. This secretary did not commit an impeachable offense. No, he did not. He did not commit treason, 
bribery or high crimes or other misdemeanors. If they're right. This was a policy dis- disagreement. If And if she's right, if she's completely 100% right, he sucks at his job. That's the top of it. Yes. That's as far as you can go. That's about as far as you can go. He, he sucks, sucks at his, his job. job. That's but not you, an impeachable offense. Thank you. Thank you. And thank uh, I'm glad that there were four of the 200 plus Republicans who were able to say, oh, wait, what the fuck? Come on. Yeah. Where is your dignity? Do do you have to? I mean, you know when the last time was they tried impeaching a cabinet officer? 1876. Very good. How did you know that? Because I'm paying attention to this particular case. (laughs) But it was the Secretary of War. His name was William Beltnap. And he was impeached for his role in some scandal. But he was acquitted by the Senate. He wasn't even thrown out. Well, I can't think of well. The, that was the only time a cabinet secretary was ever impeached. Impeached, yeah. It's just it's just such a stupid thing. Maybe he sucks at his job, but that's the extent of it. Yeah, that's it. That's he hasn't done anything impeachable. Marjorie, on the other hand, oh please, <laughs> freaking clown. And she's an insurrectionist. Oh, Come that on, too. That goes without saying, you know. She's she. Um, yeah. So let's move on. Where are we talking? Fascists. Well, we're talking about the fascist party, known as Republicans. Because not only did they fail to do that, they failed to pass a bill giving aid to Israel. Ain't some shit. Because people wanted to add on the bill for aid to Ukraine, and so many of these Republicans are up Putin's ass now. And they didn't want to tie the two together. What is it? So then they tried to do a solo bill just for Israel, and that couldn't pass. What is the thing with the Republicans and Putin? I don't know. I don't get why. Well, let's put it this way. It's weird, right? No. It's for the same reason they like Trump. They like these authoritarian figures. They like these people who thumb their nose at everything and do what they want. Okay, I think it has to do with oligarchy and that. Certainly Russia is an oligarch. Oh, God, yes, please. And I think that's very attractive to a lot of really well-connected people in America. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous. That thing about, the, thing, the thing about Russia fascinates me with the Republican Party. What are they? They're really snuggling up to this. Yeah, uh, what, I don't get the point of it. And China to them is the, the devil. Oh, of course, yes. Which, well... That's a whole other issue. Please, I can't uh, who do you want to align yourself with? If you're America, who are you going to align yourself with? Russia? Switzerland. Russia? <laughs> Switzerland. But Switzerland has, has no international mojo. I know. You got two options. You got China or you got Which is the lesser? Russia. It's like, which is the lesser of two evils? Right. Which is going to work best for America? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know the answer to it. No. But, you know. Neither do I. I know how to stage a dance number. That's all I know. <laughs> And then lastly, after all this yelling and bitching and moaning about Biden not doing anything about immigration, right, right, right. Oh, God, this thing. they put together this bipartisan immigration bill. This is a shame. Which basically gave so much of what the Republicans wanted. It was a Republican's wet dream. And they said no to it because Donald Trump said no to it, and they want to use it as an election issue right. over Biden. Which they have ruined. They've now ruined for themselves. By doing this exactly. This because a- they've shown they're not interested in fixing this problem. No, the border doesn't matter. All they that. care about is maintaining power. Right. The border was a convenient argument because it didn't look like the Democrats were too involved in it. And now that, for, but this has been for decades. They've been, we got to do something about the border. We got to do something about, now, so now the. The Democrats, last time they came close to addressing this issue, I think, was during George 
W. Bush's administration. They'll never get, and like they say, they'll. And never I get think it. the Democrats punted on it at that time. They will never get this deal again. The Republicans will never get no, this and they would never have gotten it under Donald Trump. And 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 they blew it. They blew it because now. I mean, this party looks like a fucking shambles yeah, right now. It's 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 not a, that's shambles. Is it's like, but like I said, all they seem to care about is just opposing Biden, getting Trump back in office, and then doing whatever they want to do at that point. Well, the, what they want to do is turn it into a Christian white nationalist. Yeah, party. exactly, exactly. They, well, that's they, what the party is. No, they, that's what they want to change the nation to. They wanted the nation to be Christian white nationalist. Yeah, and I have a problem with that. But I got to tell you, Patrick, the closer I get to death. The less I am finding it worth getting upset about, like getting crazy about, like getting tense about, having it affect my lower digestive tract. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, I'm going to be dead. It don't matter. Like, by the time any of this fucking matters. No, the election's in a few months. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to still matter while you're alive and kicking. There are people who are going to... Who are gonna fight it? It's gonna take some time, maybe whatever, blah blah blah. What I'm saying is, it's 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 out of my control and out of my. No, but it is in your control with the right to vote. Are you gonna sit there and point to? Me? <laughs> That's exactly why I said it. I have done nothing but 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 talk about voting to at least one time it got you had posed a question what are we supposed to do with this horrible thing and I said the only thing we could do is vote and you got mad and now you're going to point to me and say vote yes you're a dick <laughs> you're a dick and I hate you <laughs> and and I have no more wine oh no yeah oh no Let's pause here so you can get more wine. Um, I don't have any more wine. You don't have any more wine? No, I only bring a bottle. Oh, my God. I can't believe you finished your wine already. Keep going before I start drinking yours. <laughs> we now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. I thought of another song. Oh, no. For but what? But now, I'm, for this. Remember we could oh, think yes. of a song yes. and your friend suggested this. Yes. And I'm still grateful because it's a fucking pregnant decision. Yes. And then, recently, there was another one that came up in my face. And I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was perfect. Okay. what? Um, the new American, the, the new uh, feud. The new what? Feud. What, family feud? Feud. Oh, the new feud on FX. You mean uh, Capote, uh, Truman Capote versus the Swans. Yes. Feud. Yes, we watched the first episode of yes. it. There were two episodes. Oh, have we haven't seen this. Or maybe you did yeah, see you them. did. Yes, I think we did see them. There were two back okay. to back. Then we saw them both. Okay. They're, they're, I thought of it as one. They okay. released them back to back. I hate when they do that. I sort of love when they do that, but I hate when they do it because of exactly that. Yeah, right? What did I see? Two episodes or one episode? Yeah. Do I have to go back? Yeah. But so far, so good. Awesome. Tom Hollander is... I don't love him. You know, see, I do, I I do you like him. He doesn't look like Truman, but he sounds just he like sounds him. He sounds just like him. Acts just like him. Yeah. He's, he's such a good actor. He's got Truman down. I fell in love with him as an actor in the HBO series about John Adams with Paul Giamatti. Yeah, I never saw it. He played King George III, and there's this meeting with him and John Adams as the ambassador to the kingdom. Okay. And they're meeting. It's maybe like a five-minute scene, but it's brilliant. Yeah. Tom Holliday's a great actor. So, yeah. But, yeah, so far I'm really enjoying this series. That, uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was... I thought it was... I, I'm, I'm having... 
trouble figuring out who the women are. Yeah, it's a little hard to separate like who's Babe Paisley, yeah. who's this one, and who's that like, one. Who the hell was Babe Paisley? Yeah. So what I did was, okay, I went back and I watched the Truman Notebooks or the Capote Notebooks or Truman Capote yeah. the Notebooks, okay, which I think is a Netflix thing. Okay, that was very helpful. I'm sure it was. Yeah, that was very helpful. Yeah, because tells you who the who all the players are. And yeah, yeah. And shows you them in real life. Yeah, he had an adopt. He had an adopted daughter. It was so weird. I don't know. There's this woman who she calls herself his daughter, and she's credited as his adopted daughter. And we know that, she, but she talks about her family, and we know her family. And Truman knew her. Fa- and I don't. I don't exactly. Get yeah. First, it. I've heard that story. I don't exactly. Okay. Get it. That's what I said. Yeah. First, I've ever heard that. But evidently, he. She may be related to Jack, who was his longtime lover. Oh, Jack O'Shea. Okay. Who's played by uh, Russell Tovey. I don't know any of those. The guy with the ears. Are you, are you keep doing your ears. On think, the show. I think Obama. You, no, remember the tall guy when they go to, when they sit at the table with the swans, and he comes in with the younger guy with the ears? Okay. That's Russell Tovey. Okay. All right. He's well, hot. He's so hot. I oh, love him. Um, but yeah, so I watched that. Cool. What else did you watch? I watched something else. Misfit Hotel. Um, 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 hotel. Has been Hotel. Has been. I saw the title of it. I didn't get a chance to look at it. What is it? Watch that series. Okay. Okay. It's eight episodes. Okay. okay. It's animated. Okay. 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 I mean, it's hard. It may be hard to get Steven to watch it. Then. Okay. It's animated. It's it's a musical. Okay. It's an animated musical. And the songs are amazing. And the singers are amazing. And the story is that the Princess of Hell is trying to save the 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 the, the denizens of hell. Okay. From the angels who have suddenly instituted these like days where they come and they I can't remember where they the angels come in and they kill a whole bunch of the Hell people. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what they call it. So she's trying to help save hell. Okay. So she opens the Hasbin Hotel, which is designed to convert sinners. Okay. So that heaven will take them. So she wants heaven to take the converted sinners so that they get enough people so that they don't have to kill the citizens of hell. Okay. All right. But now she done pissed hell. She done pissed heaven off. Oh, no. And now they're coming instead of every year. They're coming every six months. So, and it's a musical. And it's really good music. And it's really well sung. And it's funny as hell. And it is raunchy as hell. What channel is it on? Oh, God. Is it, uh, is it, is it, it's, um, I think Amazon. Amazon? Yes, okay. it's Amazon. It's Amazon. It's okay. absolutely Amazon. Because it has this great opening thing. Um, yeah, it's Amazon. All right, cool. So you had that, and then there was something else that I watched, and I was so excited because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have shit to say for what did I watch. And well, I can tell you, I watched a shitload of stuff the past two weeks. Why don't you start? First, we watched this movie on Netflix called Blood Red Sky. Okay. All about this woman, I forget where in Europe, she's trying to get a plane with her son to go to America for some kind of blood treatment. We're not really sure what. Okay. And the plane she's on gets hijacked. Uh Uh-oh. And she, spoiler alert, you may want to skip the next 30 to 60 seconds, she gets shot. Uh Uh-oh. And she's presumed dead. Okay. 
Well, she got shot. But she comes back to life because the blood condition she has is vampirism. Oh, no. (laughs) It sounds like like a cheesy horror movie. It really does. It's really, really well done, though. I mean, it's done like the action thriller with her dealing against the hijackers, some of the passengers helping out and everything. What's the term? Plus, you have the whole mother-son relationship going on, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's always it. But I would recommend that. If you want a, a, a decent vampire movie... I would definitely recommend that. A decent vampire movie. Yep. How long is that list? <laughs> There's quite a few good ones out you think there. So? Yeah. But it's probably more bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more bad ones. Yeah. This isn't one of them. This is a good one. They can't make vampires work on Broadway. No, they can't. They vampires can't do, do not work. They can't. The do only it. time it ever worked was with Frank Langella in the play of Dracula. And it wasn't a musical. And Bill Lugosi years earlier. But but they can't make a musical. They can't do a musical. Of Dracula on Broadway. Nope, they've tried. Doesn't work. Nope. I don't know why, but I love that. <laughs> I don't know why. But I think that that fact, singularly, is fantastic. I don't know why. It makes no sense. <laughs> But there it is. Next, we saw something on HBO Max. Very disappointing. I don't get it. Called Dicks the Musical. I'd, 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 I'd go right toward that. Exactly. Yeah. We, we saw the promo for it. We're like, oh, okay, this looks good. That looks cute. And uh, we found out it was originally like an off or off, off-Broadway off play by these two guys who star in the show. And it's all about these twin brothers who are separated when their parents separate. Okay. And they live in different parts of the country now. Okay. And they grow up separately, not knowing of each other's existence. Until one day they meet up and they discover that they're twin brothers. Okay. And then they're conniving to get their mother and father back together again. Twin brothers are always hot. Right. Always. So I was like, okay, it's a parody of the parent track trap. Started out promisingly. It was funny. It was clever. That should have been your first clue. And then it got stupid. It just got, the humor got stupid. Were the boys hot? They were okay. Not great. What was, like, one of the worst things about this movie was a scene where Nathan Lane chews up a piece of ham and then spits it into the mouths of these sewer creatures that he keeps as pets. Okay, that's disgusting. It was disgusting. It's like they had an outtake afterwards. They showed outtakes of the making of it, and they showed him doing this. He's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Well, it's awful. <laughs> it was not. I mean, he was in it. Megan Mullally was in it. The best thing that was in it was Megan the Stallion, who plays the boss of the twin brothers, because they end up working at the same company. And she has one number, because the musical, she has this one number called Out Alpha the Alpha. Great number. She kicks, knocks it out of the park. Oh, okay. That was probably the highlight of this movie. Otherwise, it, sound like much, to be it, it was a big disappointment. Then we started watching on HBO Max the now fourth season of True Detective. Okay. This season's called Night Country. Okay. Jodie Foster's in it. Jodie. Okay. Jodie Foster. Okay. It is fucking excellent. Really? It's all about these scientists acted like almost like Arctic Station up in Alaska. Oh, I don't like that. Who were found dead on the ice. Oh, my God. In this, like, weird pile together. I like that. What's it called? True Detective Night Country. Where did you find it? It's on HBO Max. I don't get HBO Max! Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but... All right, so guys, here I am, willing to fucking find it on Netflix or Amazon (laughs) or Hulu. You think that'd be enough? No! No, I need HBO Max! You don't get HBO on Hulu? No, I don't. Oh. It's extra. It costs extra. Yeah, I'm poor. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah. (laughs) 
not just my values. Have you considered applying for public assistance? I'm going to kick you <laughs> in the throat. I'm going to kick you. And you know what? I'm going to do it like a dancer. <laughs> like the dancer I used to be. I'm going to kick you in the throat. I'm a, no, 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 dick. You don't even know. Okay? It's grandbop ma. I'm going to grandbop ma you into your next life. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Because you're a dick. I don't care. I know. That's what makes you a dick instead of just a scumbag. Thank you. Sure. Next, we watched another band movie on Tubi. New movie called Guess Who. Who? Don't waste your time in this movie. I'm not even going to bother talking about it. Just right. avoid this movie. It's another murder mystery thing. It's all about this rich girl who's now a fiance of this poor guy, and she goes to visit his family in this trailer park Is community. Is this the movie you said you weren't even going to talk about? Yeah. You're talking about it. I'm talking about it. And uh, she goes to visit them on Mummer's Night, which is a Christmas tradition yeah, where yeah. everyone wears masks, and there's a killer loose. And it just got, some of the things just got, this is ridiculous, this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen. What? Even if it is a stupid serial killer movie, you know, it's just like, should no, be, it was bad. Should be a Hummer's Night. <laughs> that I would participate in. A Hummer's Night. Yes, and people would mean that they would be like gathering their Humvees together. But they would be upset. <laughs> How do you get upset when you're getting a Hummer? This is true. You know, you, you first of all, you're kind of frozen to the spot. Yes. Okay. Next, we saw this movie on Netflix uh -oh. called The Plagues of Breslau. Okay, I don't like anything with breasts. Well, this is Breslau, B-R-E-S-L-A-U. Oh. And it's all about this woman detective investigating this serial killer. It's about breasts. Who's using medieval methods of execution to kill certain nefarious people in public. Those are some serious methods. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah, that's Good nice. movie. I definitely recommend that. The There's a nice twist at the end of the movie. Good lead character. Yeah, I definitely recommend that. Then we just started watching a series on Netflix called The Tourist. Oh, okay. It stars Jamie Dornan. who is his, Oh, so handsome. He was in the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movies. I don't know what that is. The movies about the woman into S&M yeah, and all yeah, yeah. that. I don't know what that is. You don't know what S&M is? I, no. <laughs> You're like a pimple on a dick. <laughs> but anyway, Jamie Dornan plays his man, in, uh, an Irishman in Australia, okay. who gets chased down by a truck and crashes into his vehicle, and he ends up in a hospital with amnesia, and he's trying to find out who he is, and at the same time, more people are trying to kill him. Why? We don't know. Do that, we ever find out? Yes, we're at, well, we're in the middle of the series now. Oh, it's so. a series? Yes, it's a series. Okay. Really good, though. Worth, worth the watch. Right. So definitely recommend that. Then there was another series on Netflix, which we do not recommend, called Kubra. K-U-B-R-A. I would never watch that anyway. It was a Turkish series all about this man who starts getting messages that predict the future. Okay. And I was like, okay, interesting premise. Yeah, but you've seen it a hundred times. Well, the, the premise was it was in Turkey, different culture and everything. Right, right, right. The soundtrack's going to be different. We've seen Hamlet a hundred times. Go ahead. We stopped watching it for two episodes because... Yeah. It just dragged. And it's like, when are you going to get to the story? Come on, get to the story. So at the two episodes, we gave up. Then we've been watching the series Black Mirror on Netflix. We've been yeah. watching, we've been catching up on all the seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We just watched the first episode of the sixth season. It's called Joan is Awful. Okay. One of the funniest episodes of a TV series I've seen. Well, Joan is awful. It's all about this woman named Joan, who's, played, awful. who's played by Annie Murphy from uh, Schitt's Creek. Okay. And okay. suddenly... That's the front desk clerk, right? Yeah. No, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, suddenly her life becomes a Netflix series as it's happening. All right. And her right. character's being portrayed by Salma Hayek. Is it that, like, Truman? <laughs> no, Truman it's no, the Truman Show, no. That was someone whose life was on camera the whole time. This is her life is happening, then she gets home and turns on... Netflix and sees a series, and she's seen a reenactment of everything that just happened in the episode. So, so whereas Truman, the Truman Show was live, yes, and we're seeing Truman, yes. By the time she gets home, Salma Hayek's playing her in that day's she's events. She's watching a fictional characterization. Okay, so she eventually hooks up with Salma Hayek. Okay, and they try to straighten this whole thing out. Do they have sex? Not together, no. Funny, funny episode. It's a little meta, which I usually don't like, but it worked in this fucking episode. All right. So I definitely recommend that. Good for you. Then last thing I saw... Oh my God, did you ever get off the fucking couch? (laughs) Fuck. John Oliver, last week tonight, he's been on hiatus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because they've been showing True Detective in his slot in the meantime. Yeah, of course, I didn't know that. But... He put on a web-exclusive episode this past week. Uh, I don't know what that is. It means it's on the internet. It's oh on my. YouTube. Okay. It's it's about ch- half an hour long okay. about Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Funny as I hell. I saw that because I followed funny, him. Funny as hell. Okay. Oh, my God. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. He, he can take any topic and make, yeah. and make it interesting and entertaining and funny. And solve it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very, very funny. I agree. I agree. There was something else I was I wanted to add um, to that embarrassing display you just had. I can't remember what it was though. So I guess none of the shows and movies I just mentioned. That's not the other thing that you were going to tell no, me. No, I can't remember. I, there were three things. One was feud, right? Which I think the other two episodes must be on tonight. Yes, tonight. Okay. I didn't mention uh, what do I want to say, RuPaul, but I figured that was assumed. We now move on to our next segment. Yes, it's time for stupid people. Okay, what do you got? Russian police. Okay, random. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, as in Russia, they outlaw all libidiqua propaganda, yeah, as they course. call it. Yeah, 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 they don't like it. Whatever they determine is libidiqua propaganda. That's exactly right. They don't want it. So they uh, arrested this woman who was wearing earrings in the shape of frogs, but with Rainbow colors on them. So what the hell does frogs have to do with anything? Because what it was, it says while the mushroom part of the earrings was using the approved colors of red and white, the frog itself was ablaze with the seven colors used in the pride flag. Uh, and was therefore illegal extremist propaganda. All right, so it's the flag itself. Yeah. All right. That's what they're saying. Okay. So she was, she was sentenced to five days in jail. That's pretty intense. For wearing stupid fucking frog earrings. earrings. Yeah, well, you gotta learn. You how gotta the, behave, Patrick. How did the rainbow become so threatening? Because it represents gay people, which... which It wasn't as threatening when Jesse Jackson was using it for the Rainbow Coalition. Yeah, but that never really held on. <laughs> and that pisses the Christians off because they want the rainbow back. It's, it's something about a 
like a receipt from God after the flood. I don't know. I don't know. Some kind. Of, uh, okay, I, never I heard know. that one. <laughs> I, you know, Patrick. I don't know. I can't believe we're still fighting flat Earth, but I don't. I don't know. Well, and it's like never mind. <laughs> never mind. You just keep going. Well, well, to the Russian have, police, we say you're so stupid. Uh, we now move on to our next segment. Raindrops on roses mm. and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Oh. Yes, it's time for five faves. Okay. And in honor of this being Black History Month, okay. you are asked to name your five favorite 20th century R&B slash soul singers. Luther Vandross. Luther Vandross? I never would have pictured that. I love Luther Vandross. Really? Oh, my God, that voice. Oh, my God, that voice. I don't know if I have any Luther Vandross. Let's look. All the shame for you. <laughs> Luther Vandross. You're talking about R&B? You're talking about uh, sexy, romantic... Oh, here we go. Of course I Luther have. Vand Luther Vandross. Well, actually, it's mostly Christmas songs. Oh, oh God, that's romantic. But here's one with Aretha Franklin. That would be a shame. Sorry, I was never a bigger, big Luther Vandross fan. It's not that you that you don't have the the music in your library. What is it then? You can go search for a song. Uh, if you want, I will go look for one on YouTube right now for you. I believe you should because I will. Because you know, Luther Vandross, and that's not a decent representation <laughs> of why I would pick him for this category. Okay, okay how about this song then? It's smooth, it's romantic, it's what it feels like when your prostate is massaged. <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's nice. It's like having... Yeah. You'll have to let Luther know that your music is as soothing as a prostate It's like your, 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 your voice is like a prostate massage. <laughs> I don't think there's a bigger compliment you can give to somebody. I guess not. I don't think there is. And I think Luther would say thank you. Okay. Apple he never thought he'd get. Go ahead. What's yours? My first choice, as I grew up listening to his music, Sam Cooke. See, there's such an on the nose. Somewhere up in New York away yeah. Where the people are so gay Twist them the night away Can he call me gay? <laughs> Here they have a lot of 
Velma Cole makes Yep, twisting the night away. Nice, Sam Cooke. He had a great so voice. Oh my God, dead loved on him. Nose. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Ah, uh, yeah, it was close. I I almost went for Nat King Cole, but I was like, nah, he's not really in this category. I wouldn't consider he him. Totally is R in R and B and soul. Absolutely, Nat, Nat King, King Cole? Cole. Nah, not really. Oh man, I don't know what the fuck you. I disagree with you on that one. Well, you're crazy. Well, anyway, who's number two on your list? Nat King Cole. <laughs> You pain in the ass. Play love. <laughs> Play. Oh God! I can't. I mean, R B is. This is like Nat King Cole invented this. Did he now? He. I mean, come on, Patrick. Are you sure about that? It's romantic. It's. 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 So you cross the room. <laughs> and you take his wine. In the sky. Put it on the bar. You'll get by. And you grab him by the waist. If you smile. And you dance gently. Sway. Yes. Smile and maybe. You'll see the sun come shining through. Yes. Let me go. Absolutely. Do you know who wrote that song? Um, Elizabeth Taylor. Charlie Chaplin. I knew that. <laughs> but you guessed wrong. I guessed wrong. But I did know that. Okay. Charlie Chaplin wrote that song. Yes, he did. I never would have thought. But not King Cole, huh? Yeah, I, uh, I don't consider you know what? him you, soul and R&B. You go ahead and take that song, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I mean, the, he, uh, I stand by it. You'll have to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not King Cole. My number two choice, Miss Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. Look at you being respectful. Always. Yeah. Yeah, I love early Diana's. I'm gonna lay you down, Diana Ross, and I'm gonna put on top of Diana Ross. Yes, Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. <laughs> Give me some. Train up in Georgia. Let's see what we got. You here. know exactly what I want to hear. This. No, this isn't it. But so far, it's okay. <laughs> oh, that fucking voice. I've never heard this. Oh, you've never heard this? I've never heard this. Oh my god! Go, bitch! Pips! There you go. Ha! Alright. 
right. I was waiting for some uh, uh, Midnight Train to Georgia with uh, that fantastic fucking. No, I didn't have yeah, that. No, I had. That, this is a, that's a great fucking. That's number. fantastic. I've never Are you heard kidding? that before. I can't believe you've never heard that before. I didn't know that that early she did covers of music. Yeah, like that. I didn't know. Really? She was okay. Okay. Go figure. He's glad about what a voice. Oh, oh, God, yeah. Right? Absolutely in the moment. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. My next choice, I'm just going to play a song. Okay, go ahead. Let me say. Let me say the same. Since we've been together. Oh, loving you forever. All I need. Let me be the one you come running to. I'll never be untrue. I need a heartbeat. Let's stay together. Loving you, weather, weather. Got your good or bad. I could, Tina Turner, uh, man. I've never heard that song before, but I liked it. You never heard that song before? Bitch, I just sang the whole fucking thing with her. What are you kidding <laughs> I'm me? I about to say, how can, I, you, how can you say that? I was trying to be fucking funny and, and, and feeding you softball fucking things. And, but Tina Turner. I'm with you. Uh, I, you know. Only died last year, too. You could, you have any category. R&B, you want to put her in pop, you want to put her in rock, you want to put her in easy listening, yeah. you want to put her in elevator. Yeah, she spanned the range. I love range. her. Yep. Yeah. No, there was no one like her. Speaking of elevator music, I'm going to go with Anita Baker. Anita Baker? Oh, play. Let's see if I, what I have in my collection first. Oh, God. And if not, oh, we'll God. Go to YouTube. My love? No. No. Nope. Not my collection, so let's go to YouTube. Okay, so we want Anita Baker. I, Rapture is the album, because I have the albums. I have all of her albums. Even the album she said, don't buy. Here's the album, Rapture. Rapture. What an album. You have Sweet Love, You Bring Me Joy. You Bring Me Joy. Right. Play that one. Okay. That's the one. You bring me joy when I'm done. Oh, so much joy. When I lose my way, your when love comes shining on me. I saw uh, your birthday. Yeah. There's a... The, 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 there's a there's a hook in that song that okay. is so hot. Yeah, but I lo- I I love Anita. I saw Anita in concert a couple times. One time in in what do I want to say? Um, Westbury Music Fan. Okay. Okay. So it's a big place, but it's a, in the round. So no seat is really more than like a hundred feet from the stage. Yeah, because it it's it's not like Madison Square Garden where you got to go up and down stairs. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So it's not a very uh, I've seen Anita Baker. I'm with my friend Jennifer. Okay, we go see Anita Baker, and I love Anita Baker. I love Anita fucking Baker. So, and Chris Hawking introduced me to Anita Baker. 
when I worked on the cruise ships. So, Jennifer and I go see Anita Baker at fucking, what do I want to say, West Bay Music Fair. Okay. Behind us is a row of um, seasoned ticket holders of an age and a volume and a particular type of personality who didn't really know Anita Baker, but they had the tickets because it's part of the season. Right. So, here they are. I'm losing my shit. They're, fucking Anita Baker, why? <laughs> Anita Baker with a saxophone player. Kill me now because I can't go on. <laughs> I run down with a plastic, <laughs> what do I want to say, candy cane. Okay. Stuff with candy and whatnot. And I run down the aisle and there's a security guard uh-huh. right at the foot of the set. And I said, I want to give this to Anita. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, the fuck? Fuck, at this point, I'm like this skinny, ghostly white, redheaded, probably, I probably look good, okay, but I definitely looked gay. So, I go and I hold this thing up and I'm wearing it on, and because it's like a theater in the round, she didn't do full round, but it was still kind of round, and she come over and, hold on your seats, Nita Baker grabbed my hand. As sang in my face <laughs> a song that I don't remember the name of. Oh god. Because she sang it in my face. So that's why you need a big story. As far as uh R B female vocal goes, it's hard to get better. Okay. In my opinion. Unless you're like fucking Gladys Knight. But this is different. This is like a this is like the next generation following Gladys Knight. Anita Baker? Yeah, yeah. She is the, yeah, the, the subsequent generation. Yeah. Yeah. I love, oh, God. I'm going to listen to Anita Baker on the way home. You do that. I am. Oh, my God. Well, my number four choice is someone who left us way too soon. Don't tell you all, though. Mr. Marvin Gaye. Marvin. Great song. Good. Great fucking artist. It's good. Oh, my God. He was just an amazing songwriter, singer. Yeah. He really was. Romantical, sexy. Yeah. He did it all. Socially conscious. It's hard to be like a tenor and be a R&B romantical. You got to be that sort of bass like, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like... What's his name? White. I can't think of his last Barry first White. name. Barry White. Now, my number five. <laughs> it's stuck between Barry White and Prince. And who is it? Prince. You're going with Prince. Going, uh, I have to go with Prince. I'm sorry, Barry. You make my taint rumble, but Prince <laughs> is my boy. I, I, I love Prince. Completely understandable. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Mighty long, long time. There's something else. What is it? The afterworld. <gasps> A world of never in the happiness. You can always see the sun. Day, day, or night. Drop it soon, please, Prince. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one who wants that damn thing. 
Yep. In this life, you're on your own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing songs. Oh my god. An amazing album. He's he's beautiful. Our, 1984 when I came out, that was like the hottest fucking album. Do you know oh my god. that there's a Purple Rain stage musical in the works? No, I did not. Well, let me tell you something that I heard. Okay. There's a Purple Moon. Uh, uh, a, 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 a Purple Rain musical in the works. Really? Who's there working is. on that? I, I don't know. Um, probably not one of the better songwriters. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. Because you don't need a songwriter. No, you don't. If you're going to do a Prince ju- Jukebox musical... Um, Leave it alone. Well, you're at Purple <laughs> Rain. I mean, he did it already. Yeah, he did a musical. He did the video. He, he did, did two the- music. He did Purple Rain, which was the film... And then there was also Under the Cherry Moon, too. Yeah. But which was not a big hit at all. Well, Purple Rain will pack audiences from Japan oh, and God, Germany. Oh, yeah. God, Exactly. You, all you got to do is just, yeah. I mean, uh, put the image. That's it. And and Purple Rain was a great fucking album. And yeah. Great songs and uh, go for it. Right? I'd love to see fucking Prince on stage. I never got to do that in the 80s. Nope. Nope. I never, I never saw him either. Oh. I know. What a shame. Or Janet. No, I never saw Janet Jackson yeah. either. God, I'd love to see Janet Jackson. He almost ended up on my list. But for my fifth and final choice, I had to go with just one person. Yes, sir. She I. The baby. Calm down. Really? No one like fucking Stevie. No, Stevie, uh, no. I think he's one of the greatest living singer-songwriters ever. Is he still alive? Yeah, he still performs and stuff. He's got to be like 80. He's got to be, yeah, he's got to be up there. God, he was... Well, he was in his teens in the 60s, so you figure, what, 60 years ago gone by? 70s, early 80s, maybe? I'm wondering about, like, first of all, there should be a Stevie Wonder musical, because where, where did he come from? Like, what was his childhood like? He's yeah, I don't blind know offhand. Was he blind from birth? I think he was. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. How did, what was his musical training? Who was the... Where did he come from? You know, like... Uh, because the career is amazing. Oh, he was like a soundtrack to the 70s. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, the albums he came out with, like Inner Visions and Songs in the Key of Life. I'm wondering how, like, dichotomous that was to his early life. What do you mean? How did he grow up? Oh, yeah, that I have no idea. All right, interesting. Uh, I think that was a good five phase for us this week. Yeah. Right? So we now move on to our final segment. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for Grumpy Old Gaming Gripe of the Week. What's your gripe this week, Tomas? My back still hurts from that, like, October incident. Back in October. Yes. I was, it was late at night, and I was in bed, and I got up to go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a sleep eater. Okay. 
I wake up, go eat, and go back to bed. God. Okay. I got up and I went into the kitchen and I woke up on the kitchen floor and I was in pain and it was my lower back. And that was in October and it is now February and my back still hurts. Like not hurts. It is constant. It is limiting my movement, my flexibility, my range of motion, if you will. So that is my gripe. Maybe you should do some stretches in the morning. Maybe I should do five minutes of yoga that somebody's going to video and send to me. I I don't believe that shit's happening at all. But if you did five to ten minutes of the stretches in the morning like I do. Yeah, like you do. Yes, you who consider getting up off your ass to open the door to let your dog in as countable activity toward the 30 minutes. So, but when you do it ten times a day, well, yes, it counts. Train your dog. <laughs> you know, any dog that has to go out ten times a day is in control of that. Well, let's say she has to go out ten times a day, but I have to get up ten times first to let her out, and then to let her back that's in. That's right. That's right. Because you know, you can't stand there and wait. No, go with her. She takes her time out there. Yeah, of course she does. She's a woman going to going to shit. That's right. What's your gripe? My gripe. I can't wait till the Super Bowl is over so I don't have to keep hearing shit about fucking Taylor Swift. Can I tell you, though? I love this. Finish your gripe. Go ahead. I am not a fan of her music. Me either. At all. I tried listening to her country music. Didn't care for it. Her pop music. I don't care for it. There's something about her that just seems, I don't know, plastic. But I don't fucking know her. I don't know anything about her. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But now I'm in this position where I have to defend her against all these morons who see some kind of conspiracy theory involving her, which is just so fucking ridiculous. I want to help you here. How so? You don't have to defend a woman. No, of course not. Who currently has the highest selling concert in the history of live musicians playing concerts for their fans. She's, this year, she made a billion dollars or more. Yep. She don't need help from Patrick McFinn. (laughs) So you don't have to defend her. What you should be doing instead is silently laughing at the fucking idiots who think that there's a fucking conspiracy. I'm just sick of the idiocy. This has been going on since December when she was made Times Magazine's Person of the Year. And it's been going on since then and it hasn't fucking stopped. It's like, enough! She brings an entirely separate economy with her. I know, I know. Like... I remember Madonna in the Heights of Madonna. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, it wasn't like this, Patrick. No. Well, that was different, too. Because with her, it was all the blatant sexuality that she did. Right, that, right, right. That right. got everyone in the, in the knot, you know? Well, they each made their, like, they each made themselves known somehow. Yeah. Madonna was a big fucking deal, and she sold out big houses. Of course. It wasn't like this. No, this is totally different. This is totally different. I mean, a billion dollars in a fucking year and a tour. I mean... I know. The ability to leave Japan after a concert and be in America... Yeah. ...the following day for a football game. Why are you even fighting against this girl? I know. She has more power than you'll ever know. So this brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. Oh, what happens now? We now say goodbye to everyone. 
We thank Stephen Prendergast, my husband and producer, for paying us a visit. He really didn't do much else he tonight. He didn't do a lot tonight. No, he was busy. No, he didn't He didn't pour the tea. Nope, we had to do that ourselves. The cookies were already in the room. Yes, they were. You brought them in. I opened my own wine. Yes, I know. My God, the horror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, thank him anyway. It's not going to cost you nothing. No, it's not. It's all right. And don't forget, you can find all of our episodes at www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com And of course, you can follow us on our, on Facebook. And I think that's about it. On that note, we'll say, have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. <laughs>